0: everyone, and welcome back to the Time Shifters podcast. In studio, this is Christopher Page with Matt Flynn. Welcome back,
1: Matt. Hey, how's it going?
0: Uh, very excited to finish up on our uh, parody film discussion today. We are going to talk about uh, 2009, I think it is, uh, Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> Uh, before we get into that, I just want to remind everybody. First of all, thank everybody for downloading the episode and continuing to do so. I hope you this is not the first episode. If it is, welcome. If not, I hope you uh, and and I hope you go back and uh, and listen to some of the others. And I hope you continue to download to all our regular listeners. Hello and welcome back. Hi, Floyd. <laughs> yeah. Hope you're okay, Floyd. We haven't got any letters from you in a while. <laughs> I think you might be on vacation, so okay. that's all right. <laughs> Uh, just remind everybody that if you do want to send us any email or feedback, send that to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com, join our Facebook group, or tweet us at timeshifterspod or at movies at the mat. And uh, with that, I think we'll go into a couple news stories. This is something that came up. This was just something that it's just, it's because it's just something that I dig. I am a bit of a, I wouldn't call myself a history nut I'm not like someone that like, reads a lot of history or whatever. But when you get a chance to actually sort of touch or, or experience something that is historical or that is, that has been around, I'm the kind of person that walks down a street and I look at the houses and think, Oh, those probably built in the fifties. And so I I think about, okay, the kids that used to run up and down the street, you know, with their steel roller skates or uh, how many games of hopscotch or something were played on this sidewalk. And, and so museums, especially when you go to like something like a natural history museum, I, I love because there is these real things that were really used and actually touched by people or, in this particular story, not by people, but that actually existed. This is a story about a dinosaur fossil that was discovered that they're not actually even really – it is a fossil, but they're actually referring to it as kind of like a mummy. It is the most well-preserved dinosaur that – has ever been found this is a nodosaurus that they found it was a four-legged herbivore and this thing was actually discovered i think by a group that was doing some exploratory drilling for oil uh up, up somewhere in canada and they found this thing they think maybe the carcass or this animal was swept out to sea and then sank and then over millions of years it was of course fossilized well this thing has got skin bones internal organs and maybe even the last thing it ate still intact and it is just astonishing the thing just went on display this it was discovered several years ago but it took them forever to get the thing i guess cleaned up and you know in some state that they could uh, uh display it and so now it is at the uh royal tyrell museum of paleontology in alberta canada and as soon as i read that i'm thinking all right, time to sign up the family for the passports. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go see this thing. The photos of this thing, and I'll have a link in the show notes. The photos of this thing is unreal. It looks like something out of a, it looks like something out of a monster movie. Yeah, it looks like a Godzilla uh, or something like that. It's just uh, astonishing. You can see its face. I mean, yeah. this is not, this is not. Oh, and this is what we think it looked like, or you know, through uh, through research, and we're doing uh, what's the what's the word where they do the. Uh, the reconstruction yeah or, or based on the the bones and where they think everything I'm like no this is what it looked like it just blew me away I absolutely love it it just it sends shivers <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, it excites me so much it, this is actually we're looking at a dinosaur as it existed yeah
1: it's amazing and I wonder I, I need to look a little further to what they thought it looked like versus what this looks like that
0: would be very interesting Yeah, Good how question. close were they mm-hmm.
1: and then it just makes me wonder on the movie front how will this inspire writers and directors will this have an effect on like the jurassic park franchise of like hey we found one completely preserved who's going to come along and be like we found them alive <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: where's the next film right yeah. yeah no kidding uh that's a really great in- that's an interesting idea of what they what they thought and what it actually yeah. exists that would be interesting i don't know if i've ever seen a representation of a notosaurus before <laughs> but now i'm going to have to go look yeah this <laughs> this literally could rewrite you know like well i would I'd say history books but i guess pale- paleontology books right change things around at the museum
1: yeah the pictures of it are cool because it looks like it's sleeping it's yeah. like you just think its eyes are going to open and be like hello <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm here now
0: yeah <laughs> And that is the kind of uh, fodder for a uh, sci-fi original, movie. right? Think, like, oh, they, I think the movies have actually done it already; have been there first. Sure, <laughs> like they
1: unearth it, they put it in the museum, and all of a sudden, it wakes up.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to share that, and I'll share the link. I just, I just thought it was really cool. I just, I, I just need to go to Canada now. <laughs> Uh, the other news story I got, it's going on a little movie news. Uh, last time we talked about that uh, Mark Gaddis and uh, Stephen Moffat were getting together to do a Dracula. Well, here's another team up of another couple of uh, uh, people that everything they've done so far together, i I think... Has been loved. I've enjoyed certainly, and I think they even came up in our uh, parody discussion. I think Uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Mm -hmm. Frost, because we came up with uh, what was Hot Fuzz and, and Shaun of the Dead. Well, they're teaming up again to do another horror comedy and this one according to this uh, according to cinema blend they're going it's going it's currently titled slaughterhouse rules which is i guess kind of a playoff like cider house rules yeah. or something like that uh, there is not a whole lot of deals what i see so far is it about a where did i see it it was about it, here you go it's a prep school that finds itself literally plunged into hell when a local fracking site opens up a mysterious sinkhole <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> I'm in. I'm totally in. Especially with those two. With those two, that's gonna be great. Now the article doesn't say, and there's no news on whether they'll actually appear or star in the film. But I'm thinking, I really hope so.
1: I, I don't really think you could put their name on it if they didn't.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine that they would write this and then and then not walk appear. away. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like
1: to see, you know, because. Because of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, is Edgar Wright going to be involved? Will he direct, or are they going to like tackle this themselves? Will be a different director? Because I feel that's the that's the trifecta: those two guys acting and him directing. I mean, th- throw him in, and then you know people will be lining up around the block. Don't throw him in. I think it might need a little bit more momentum to become a big hit, or maybe not. Who knows?
0: Yeah, as it is right now, I don't see any directors or anything right. attached, so there's no, no word on that. But that would be great. Yeah. I, it, like you said, the trifecta. I mean, that would really put it over the edge. There, I, it is early right now. I mean, this is just pre-production. They're they're writing it. They're coming up with the ideas and and everything. But I, you know, we'll keep you posted. I'll I'll be keeping my ear to the rail on this one because I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah. I understand you had uh, something that came up today. Well, it's me,
1: so you know it's going to be (laughs) superhero-related. But I just heard this this morning from theplaylist.net that they are scrapping the script that Ben Affleck co-wrote with Jeff Johns for the Batman movie, and new director Matt Reeves is going to... Take the, idea, the same idea of the story, but essentially rewrite the script.
0: Interesting.
1: Kind of from the ground up.
0: Well, this is the one that uh, Affleck had announced for oh, quite a while ago that he said that he was going to do he this, was, he yeah, was going to make he, his movie. He kind was going
1: to direct, write, and star in it. And then some personal problems came up, and he said he wasn't going to direct anymore, but it was still going to be his script, and he was still going to be Batman. And now they're saying this. Hmm. And, so how
0: how much longer till he's not long he's no longer Batman? <laughs> well, I mean, I
1: feel like if you recast him as Batman, you kind of completely ruin that world the universe you created. To yeah, away. like you could, you know, Marvel got away with it with the Hulk. Sure, but imagine if somebody came along and said, "Um, let's recast Captain America 3 movies in." Right. It's not going to (laughs) work. You know, after the Avengers. Right. Because this, you You know, know, the Batman's going to be after Justice League. You can't have a Justice League movie and change your cast, especially of your biggest named hero.
0: Yeah, I was a little curious when it first came up that he was going to do this. It almost felt like um, the way he originally the news stories came up but it was almost kind of like it was yeah i did this but i wasn't happy with it i want to do my thing and whether or not it was actually going to be in that universe was another for affleck's movie yeah for affleck yeah whether or not it was going to be kind of it was almost like he was going to take it and and do his thing and let them do their thing it felt a little weird almost reminded me of like the um what was the old uh the connery bond when um he didn't he they, they they recast bond but he wanted to do another film or something they ended up with never say never again which wasn't actually with the Broccolis and with uh united artists and it was his own thing but it was still bond but it wasn't a james bond at it, it, it's, it like felt a, like yeah it yeah, felt Side like what, world. yeah it's like it really started sounding like that that's what this affleck project was going to be
1: i mean i'm not against that just because that's kind of how the comic books are if you read a batman comic book it Tonally, visually, nothing looks the same as to a Superman or a Flash or a Green Lantern, which is what makes the Justice League so interesting is they're all very different.
0: Or even within the same characters, because there's, there's what, three, four, five Batman books? They'll yeah. run in their own stories. Exactly. And they're, kind of, they're sort of their own universes, mm-hmm. sometimes crossing over, but
1: Yeah, they'll they'll cross over one story, but they'll kind of like you'll see now the, the artist looks different and so every right. like the tone kind of shifts. So, you know, that didn't really bother me. What kind of bothers me a little bit is it's the fact that he that Affleck wrote it with Jeff Jones. And if there's somebody I have faith in to help kind of write the ship with the D C movies, <laughs> other than Patty Jenkins is Jeff Johns because that guy is a phenomenal writer he has written some of the best comic books for DC and he was brought in after the backlash of Batman v Superman and it's just sort of like well ba- Ben Affleck's writing a script okay he's a pretty good writer he's a, he's a good director and Jeff Johns is involved Oh, really? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) now I'm with you. Now that's all like, so is he going to write it with Matt Reeves? Or is this just going to be Matt Reeves going at it himself? And he has said that it's not because he thinks it's a bad script. It's because he wants to say that I'm making a movie that's mine. And, you know, win, lose or draw, I'm happy with the result because it was my best effort. And I'm on board with that mentality.
0: Gotcha. I haven't actually seen even seen Affleck as Batman yet. I still haven't gotten around to Batman v Superman, That's okay. and I'm kind of just That's waiting okay. for. I'm just kind of waiting for Justice League. What I've seen is only the, the the trailers that I've seen for Justice League. That's the most I've seen with Affleck in the uh, DC universe. Yeah, his his Batman in Batman v
1: Superman is not Batman. Ooh, it's well, it's it's Frank Miller's Batman. It's Frank Miller's Batman is a killer. Batman doesn't care. Batman is a is a jerk Mm. not just to criminals but to everyone and frank miller wrote one great batman story (laughs) and i haven't (laughs) been on board with the rest
0: gotcha hey um speaking of superhero news are you a fan of the tick at all I know
1: of The Tick. Um, yeah, I saw that trailer. Uh, like, well, that was
0: my question. Whether you'd seen the trailer for
1: the Amazon Prime yeah, series. It looks really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I never really watched the cartoon. I think I played a video game on Super Nintendo forever ago. <laughs> um, but to me, you know, The Tick always came across as like the spiritual successor to the 66 Batman. Yeah. <laughs> a total goofball. It's a comedy. Embrace yeah. it as a comedy. Yeah, and that's what that trailer looked like. It's yeah. a ridiculous oh, fun comedy. Yeah.
0: I, I watched the cartoon. Uh, then there was a uh, a series not that long ago. The Tick, and I never actually got a co- was it um, Warburton? I think was the uh, actor who played the Tick in that.
1: Um, yeah,
0: yeah, I can't think of his first name. Warburton, the, the, the guy from Seinfeld. <laughs> yes, <that laughs> everyone guy. everyone knows Putty from Seinfeld. There you go, that guy. And I never got a chance to watch that. Uh, this I'm curious about. I mean, it's going to be on Prime, so it's like, oh, there's no reason for me not to watch it. I can watch it whenever I want. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll I'll check it out. It looks good. It looks yeah. like they're gonna they actually put some effort and and everything into it. What I like was that they kept the
1: color of his costume. It's oh, that yeah. bright, ridiculous.
0: Blue. They didn't. Blue. Yeah,
1: yeah, they didn't do like a toned down, more navy or any. Because you could see a show doing that. Oh, let's just make it look more tactical. Nope, he looks ridiculous and that's the tech
0: <laughs> yeah uh arthur though the uh, the moth looked pretty good though they actually kind of spoofed up his unit outfit i think but uh yeah look i think that premieres august 25th i think was the date that should be so, fun so we'll, i think uh, this i'll watch yeah well definitely watch him if we when we get a chance to watch it we'll talk about it more when we uh, when we see a couple episodes well, that's it for the news i think we'll take a break and play a promo for another podcast and when we get back It's Black Dynamite. Dynamite! Dynamite! Movies need only three things. Badasses. You tell me who you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it.
2: A chick with drive who don't take no jive. Boobs. Do you know that the female breast, known to be the source of life since Eve, can be deadly weapons?
0: And body counts.
2: mathematics of murder and menace.
0: The BBNBC podcast discusses lesser known action, exploitation, and horror cult cinema. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and SoundCloud by searching for BC podcast. You can also listen to each episode directly on the show's website at BadassesBoobsAndBodyCounts.com you
2: Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work.
0: Alright, welcome back. Yeah, 2009's Black Dynamite, the, uh, the sort of Almost a homage and parody of the '70s black exploitation films. Uh, I have to admit that the black exploitation films are is not a genre that I am well steeped in. I've kind of dipped my toes here and there. Uh, I don't even think I've actually seen Shaft all the way through. Okay, uh, I've seen some of it, and I've seen some of the others. I've seen Blackula. And screen Blackula scream. Uh those count. <laughs> those are Blaxploitation.
1: I've uh, seen parts of the guy from Harlem through, it was either mst 3 k or Riff Tracks. Oh, okay. Pretty unwatchable without. Yeah, I got
0: you. <laughs> uh, but I knew enough. I know enough about the genre, and if not from actually watching it, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts that go in and review a lot of the uh, the, the films themselves. And so... I I I've gotten a lot of um clips and discussions and uh, plot synopsis of the film. So I think I could still kind of appreciate what was going on in Black Dynamite. Uh this was a rewatch for you. Yeah. This was a first time watch for me. And I'd say I really enjoyed it. It awesome. was a good film. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael Jai White. Yes. Is phenomenal. He's I I so almost good. wish he was born 20 30 years earlier. Because I think he could he could have, him and Richard Roundtree, <laughs> uh, there would have been a battle at the box office between the two. Probably. I mean, he really fit the role. Why he, like, he had a little bit
1: of a taste of being, like, a leading man in, like, the 90s. Why he still isn't uh, is beyond me. I mean, he's he's so fun. He's funny. He can do action. He can do comedy. He he could probably do drama. He's, he was spawned for that really good movie. Yeah. I mean, why is he not? headlining yeah why is he not the
0: household name yes he's
1: phenomenal
0: and hey he can really fight (laughs) (laughs) he can actually do those things yeah the fight scenes were actually really good in this film they were that was the one thing that was kind of funny it's like this is all it's all supposed to be a comedy and a spoof but when it comes down to the fight scenes it's pretty serious (laughs) yes (laughs) he's in
1: phenomenal shape for a guy who's turning 50 this year
0: yeah wow so, yeah, so he was like 40. In his mid-40s. Oh, my goodness gracious. If okay. I look half that good at that age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already past the, t- <laughs> the point of no return, I'm afraid. Just casting. Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, Arsenio Hall make is not in there doing his Arsenio Hall it thing. He was really good. Um, I wasn't familiar with a lot of the other actors. I, I went back and looked at some of the names, and I, I'll admit, I, you know, there was only a few names that popped up. Uh, Michael J. White Mm -hmm. uh, Arsenio Hall uh, what's her name Sally Richardson Whitfield Um, I knew uh, but I only knew her from television didn't really know her much from film or anything most of the other actors I wasn't real familiar with. For me, it was a lot of
1: recognizing faces. and Like, oh, I saw you in this. I saw you in Reno 911. So <laughs> it's like they just kind of collected people who I think weren't busy those couple of weeks <laughs> and are just like, want to be in a ridiculous comedy? Sure. Sure. Because the story for, like, Arsenio Hall was you – because know, he's only in that, like, one scene and uh, – It's one of the,
0: the- – One of the pimps, yeah, Yeah.
1: and he he read the script, he read his part, and he wasn't sure at first until he got to the part where he's like, "There's a Captain Kangaroo pimp." I'm in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What in the world? Because who would even think to do that? Who in 2009 would even know? there's only a few people that would
1: know who captain (laughs) kangaroo is you can tell they did they made this movie for themselves they didn't care if anyone else liked it they were happy if you did these were this was to make themselves laugh and
0: it worked that's a good point because you've got your leading actor that's in his 40s the filmmakers maybe were probably maybe they're around the same age so yeah maybe captain kangaroo would be their childhood Uh so that makes a little bit more sense Now I didn't think. I mean, we talked about airplane and being that it's just this this classic. It 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 hits it on every cylinder and everything. I think this one is a little bit more insular in that in what it parodies for sure. one thing. And I don't know. There are times where I think it is it is fantastic. It is just cruising along, and there are times where I think, ah, oh, you're kind of losing it. Uh, There's a few times where. When it starts kind of acknowledging that it's being a parody, yeah, that's where I think, mm, you had it really good right up to that point. There was moments you're going all the way through, and it just really feels, it has that feel of that uh, 70s film. Even the, some of the filmmaking, they purposely muck up some of the filmmaking yeah. just to throw that. <laughs> because the the exploitation films of the 70s were done on a shoestring budget. Right. And so sometimes you get, yeah, you you don't have time to do a lot of takes or anything. So if something gets in the way or something happens, it's in the movie. It's in the movie. That's what happens. (laughs) They did that, and it was like this is incredible. They really nailed it. And then unfortunately, as soon as um, actually in suit as Whitfield, the the Sally Richardson Whitfield, I think is her name. That's their actress. I don't remember her or the character's name. Uh, she comes in, there's too many times where she like acknowledges that something weird's going on. Right. Because suddenly Black Dynamite is oh, not the orphanage, and he looks off into the distance, and so Jeez. she starts looking around like, like what, what are, are you, you looking, looking at? at? Like, ah, oh, why did you have her do that? That doesn't <laughs> that doesn't work. Yeah, to
1: me that's a little bit more on like the Mel Brooks side yes. of the parody. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, if like, you know there's a camera there kind of thing. Um, yeah, it didn't it, it, it's very much a parody movie, and it it clearly has been inspired by several different styles of parody movie yeah. rather than just one. So I, I remember the first time seeing that and laughing and just being like, oh, okay, she has no okay. idea what he's doing.
0: <laughs> I'm not acknowledging that it's not funny, but I think that's a different kind of film. Okay. And if the whole film was like that, I'd, that'd be fine. Sure. It, like you were saying, if it was a Mel Brooks kind of thing. But for the first half of the film, it was very much along the lines of the the Zucker, Abrams and Zuckers, where everyone's just in this world and it's all serious and no one acknowledges that this is really stupid (laughs) or really weird things or no one's acknowledging that this person is acting not like anyone in the real world would ever act. And then suddenly they are. And that's where it's like, ah, it just. You took me out of that. You took me out of it. You did. You did. Uh, if you want to just just immediately jump into favorite scene because I've been dying to tell you it (laughs) it is that scene where it is kind of throws in that okay this is made on the cheap sort of kind of thing there's a scene where Black Dynamite's at a desk and he's talking and suddenly he stands up. And when he stands up, the boom mic is in the yes. shot. And it's actually hitting his afro uh-huh. and bouncing and a few times. And he's actually kind of looking at it <laughs> as he's trying to do his speech. I was like, that is brilliant. That uh-huh. is probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life.
1: And I'm just like wondering, like, how did they get through it? Because his face is just, is mm, he's a stone and... I'm imagining everyone behind the camera is
0: just like,
2: don't laugh, this is a good trick.
0: <laughs> and, it It's the kind of thing that if this was the 70s film, it would be someone behind the counter going, just keep going, just keep going. Yeah, just, just, go, 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 roll, go, roll, 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 yeah, just keep going. We don't have time to do it again, just right. go. Because <laughs> he has that look of like, okay, I'm going to keep going, but should I stop because there's this thing? Uh, do you see that? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, it was yeah. great. Yeah, and yeah. the the other scene was towards the end, and I think you had mentioned it before. I don't remember if you mentioned it on mic or just when we were talking. When his one buddy, they're they're yeah. they're storming the warehouse, and his one buddy says, "This is my last job. After this, I'm going to settle down and get a family." Next thing you know, he's spear, oop, a spear <laughs> through his chest, and who who didn't see that coming? I, I mean, wh- anyone see where that came from? Right. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was pretty good. That's yeah. acknowledging, but still funny. By that right. point, it's kind of like, okay, the movie's acknowledging now, so that's right. all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that they did the the mistakes on purpose. I also love how they made it look like it was shot in the 70s. Yeah. They They used the old film. They gave it that, like, everything had a yellow tint on it. Like, it looked like old quality film to the point that if – like, I, I, I said to my wife last night, if you – could go back in time and screen this in the 70s do you think they would know this movie was from the future <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, not. probably not probably <laughs> not there'd they, probably be a few points where they're just sort of like what's happening here but overall they'd probably just think it was another movie
0: they did do a really nice job of keeping everything very granted i mean the city's all the city every time they're out the exteriors and everything looked great the interiors where you get the impression that it's probably just like it would have been in the 70s, that every interior shot was the same house. yeah, And they just picked another room where uh-huh. they turned the camera around. Yeah, It's the same paneling or, or whatever, no matter what's going on. Um, yeah, it felt so right as far as just visually and it's just in the filmmaking way. It just everything felt fantastic.
1: And that was a big challenge for them is it was keeping the modern world out of the shot that was the hardest thing they had to do so it, was, it probably would make sense if they just said, let's just stay inside we can <laughs> control this room we can't control la <laughs>
0: yeah yeah there wasn't a whole lot of exterior uh i guess and that's probably that's probably why yeah. I, and
1: then they used a lot of old stock footage mm. um like the car going off the cliff <laughs> it was nothing yes. they filmed <laughs> oh, which yeah, is great well, yeah that Tries off the cliff nothing hits
0: it no just but it flip. explodes <laughs> Probably changes the style of car. Boy, <laughs> that's just, that's classic 70s film right yes. there, period. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to just burn through the discussion here, but yeah, those are kind of like my highs and my lows. I mean, those are my, some of my favorite scenes, and when I think they do it really right, and then the, my lows are when they break i guess sure break char- when the film breaks character that makes sense <laughs> it's, it's kind of my lows
1: and the other thing i liked about it that again makes it feel like it was made in the 70s was just how unapologetically un-pc it was oh sure you know we were saying that you know um just like how uh blazing saddles couldn't be made today right Black my could, though, yeah. and it was just as, you know, in-your-face, we-don't-care-if-this-offends-you kind of comedy.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't know, it works, because it is funny. I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't have anything to say, I guess.
1: <laughs> it has nothing to do with the movie. It's just one of my favorite jokes was, Roscoe's Chili and Donuts. Right. I don't know if you picked up on that. And then they're sitting around, and Roscoe's in the corner, and you either notice him or you don't, and they're there to get food. And and the guy's like, oh, I'll have some waffles and something on the side. And they're like, oh, we just have chicken. Just chicken and waffles?
2: That's it!
1: And Roscoe gets up, <laughs> and he runs out. <laughs> I wonder how many people, like, picked up on that joke, but when I saw it, I, I had to pause and just laugh for a good two minutes.
0: I, I don't know if I picked up anything particular about it other than...
1: Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles is a popular and famous restaurant in L.A.
0: Oh, okay. That I didn't know. Okay. Nope, <laughs> missed that one. I think the the
1: the my favorite scene, though, it's it's that scene, but it's right after, is when they're breaking down... The code Kansas <laughs> code. Yes. That goes on for way too long. Yeah, that is. <laughs> but in a good man. way.
2: You ain't had no Bullhorn, oh, what did you just say? You said. Melt in your mouth. Quick! What else melts in your mouth? Eminem! Uh, okay. Exactly. And not in your hands. Yes. Okay. And who makes m Mars Candy Company make it. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Those white Mars men. Candy. Mars is also the Roman god of war. That's what I'm talking about. Oh. Who is the Greek god of war? Ares. Nice. Right now, you take Mars and spell it backwards, drop the S. Where's the What's the Ram. <laughs> That's right. And Ram is the zodiological sign for Aries. That's right. Oh, aha. Yeah, now then, that's right. Aries' half-sister is Athena. Now you're getting it. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Athena, Athens.
2: Which is the capital of Greece. And as we all know, zodiological astronomy was created by the Greeks in 785, 785 BC. B.C. And 785 is the area code of Topeka, oh my God. 785 is the area code to Topeka, Kansas. Go, Go Kansas! Kansas. Take know. that, spell it backwards, drop the S. Snake Doctor! Snake! Snake Doctor! Yeah! Yes! Yeah! And brothers, who is the Greek demigod of medicine who believed that snakes' tongues had mystical healing power? Asclepius, uh, of course. He had a stab with snakes intertwining all around that bitch. They call it Asclepius' staff. It's a symbol the medical field uses to this day. I've seen it. Now, what legend involving snakes is in both Greek and Roman mythology? Come on. It involves Asclepius' own father. Apollo. Yeah, thanks, lady. That's right. Apollo slew the serpent at Delphi, Mm -hmm. which was a big-ass snake. Right. And what, brothers, is the biggest snake in the world? The South American anaconda. What she said? Anaconda malt liquor! And what is the slogan for Anaconda malt liquor? Anaconda malt liquor gives you... Woo! Gives you what? Woo! And who else is famous for? Woo! Little Richard! Who? Little, Little Richard. Richard! So, what they're really saying is anaconda malt liquor gives you little, 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 what is another word for Richard
0: and I love that all these these street hoodlums pimps whatever right. they are and they all know about Greek and Roman Greek history. Greek Roman history and Oh, whatever. oh, that was a... St- that, that and was
1: as we good. all know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the Greek god is, but the Roman god.
1: <laughs> but that's how, like, movies like that would break down as well. Yeah. And then, uh, the fact that every time they had some big fight or or they toppled the top tier you found out I was just taking orders. Like how many times did you hear I was just following orders? Like it would have been enough that it was just that like one mayor guy, but then you find out he's taking orders from the CIA. Then you find out he's taking orders from this brand new character we're gonna create, Doctor Wu. (laughs) And he's on Kung Fu Island. What did that come? There's twenty minutes left in the movie, we're gonna go fight Doctor Wu on Kung Fu Island.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was that was one of the the what the <laughs> hell just happened was, that's when
1: the joke is snowballing to the point that you're you're either with it or you've turned the movie off
0: yeah by that time it gets it it it's almost like a uh, three different styles of movies yeah you got the serious parody the serious parody if that makes <laughs> sense then you've got the the mel brooks acknowledge spoof mm-hmm. you know and then it goes into the just the absurd right yeah where you get to woo island and right. then it, it goes all the way up to the Richard Nixon. Yes. And then you find out <laughs> Dr. Wu is taking
1: orders from Tricky Dick.
0: <laughs> the- and he's a kung fu master. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. Amazingly. Who knew? You picked it up from Elvis. I don't
1: <laughs> <laughs> And then they have their fight, and then Pat Nixon gets involved. She tries to shoot black dynamite. And, yeah, if you had started this movie and I told you it ends with the ghost of Abraham Lincoln (laughs) showing up to do a karate chop to Richard Nixon to save Black Dynamite's life, what would you have said to me?
0: (laughs) That would have been an okay. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to watch it. (laughs) And what did you eat before you watched it? (laughs) Nope, it's in there. (laughs) Um The writing for the film, yes, it does get to the point, at the end, I think it really gets down to, okay, what kind of crazy crap can we put in now? It really does feel that way. Uh, Through the rest of it, though, and just trying to back when it's the serious parody, um, the writing, I think, was fantastic. Uh, How the characters interacted. uh, There are some things that are absurd. uh, The fact that it's that's his name, Black Dynamite, apparently. Even his, That's his, his name. His mom on his deathbed telling, 18-year-old Black Dynamite. <laughs> yes. I'm 18-year-old Black Dynamite. <laughs> You're my 16-year-old brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything that they do that kind of keeps it grounded in that genre is just so much fun to watch. You know, you've got the the Black Dynamite thing. You've got the... Yeah, the odd plot twists, the characters that come and go for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to think. I had a I had another example before I started talking, and now I can't think of it. This film is like a, you take all the black exploitation films and you just take bits and pieces out of them and sprinkle into this one. So now he's he's an orphan, and also a uh, Vietnam vet and a CIA operative. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's an orphan. But he had his mom. Right. He was orphaned, but he was eighteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he grew up in an orphanage. You're like what? Right. <laughs> Like, how many backstories does this guy have? Yeah, they
1: put it, it, and it goes back to those making mistake things. Like, there's the part where uh, after he, the one time, he only gets hurt once. He only gets shot once, which is the other thing. is He's almost the completely invulnerable hero. Yeah. But he, that one time he's shot, he's at the doctor's. He's got bandage on one side of his shoulder. The other side is fine. You're looking right at it. And the doctor goes, went clean through and through. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I where's
0: the, the, wound? the <laughs> other wound? Where's <laughs> the other hole? Yeah, and it doesn't slow him down. To doesn't phase him at all he just oh just shoulder yeah whatever no problem put on my coat i'm good
1: (laughs) never comes up again no one like squeezes it to hurt him
0: yeah you know the doc even the even the doctor i you know i can't keep this up black dynamite
1: To me, surprisingly, the director of the movie, Scott Sanders, really hasn't done anything else. Really? He has five writing credits, which includes Black Dynamite, and three directing credits, which includes Black Dynamite. Interesting. He, the only other things he directed was a movie called Thickest Thieves, which was in 99, so there's a 10-year gap. Wow. And then he, he had a movie come out last year called Aztec Warrior.
0: Aztec Warrior.
1: Um, uh Per IMDb, a washed-up wrestler decides to come out of retirement, and it looks like it stars Terry Crews. Hmm. I'm guessing it's another comedy.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing. (laughs) Another action comedy. I don't know interesting what yeah. are his writing credits anything current writing credits
1: include uh well they did a black dynamite tv series it yeah, was I animated see
0: about that i was wondering if you had seen any of it i know I, I
1: did like the animation in the movie like it was very stylized and interesting mm-hmm. um and based on just the the pictures on imdb it looks like it's it's kind of the same thing um so yeah he wrote episodes of that um but yeah his writing credit before black dynamite was that movie thickest thieves in 99 Uh, And then a couple episodes of some TV shows. Interesting. And those were in the early 90s. It's like, what else is he doing? Yeah. (laughs) like He's
0: talented.
1: I don't know what he's doing.
0: Exactly. And that's where I really wonder. It's not from a lack of talent from what i can see from black dynamite so it's like wow i, I hope he just has something this is just a hobby maybe i hope yeah. he's got maybe he's got a furniture store or something <laughs> on the side I, and every I so often he comes up with a really funny idea <laughs> yeah and he he, show, he just makes a trip to to la and sells it uh, that's interesting i'm always curious how sometimes these these filmmakers that they just have this perfect thing they do this and it's great and it's like well okay well where'd they go why why aren't they still doing stuff i really would like to see you know give him something else
1: sounds like he's the epitome of that person who's working in la and you know their constant day job is this but he's like oh i'm a director
0: <laughs> well and do you wonder if it's the idea that okay he comes out and he makes a really great film but it's a parody of a very specific genre does that make people then go? Oh, yeah, you're that guy. Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, you're probably not right for this because you did that. You did that 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 black movie or yeah, something. Yeah, that know? black
1: dynamite movie. and yeah. that's all you are. Yeah, exactly. I would give him a shot. Like we have a we have a really good comedy script. We need an eye for it here. Yeah. You made a movie that made me laugh. <laughs>
0: yeah. What can you do? Show right. us what you can do. Uh, I guess the only other thing. One of the other things that I really enjoyed in the movies, of course, all the uh, the ridiculous names of the characters. I mean, he certainly had the Black Dynamite, Black Dynamite, Cream Corn was probably my favorite because he's smooth. Smooth. <laughs> uh, there was a few others in there too that are just, yeah. I mean, it was just it was so much fun, and it was, of course, everyone was just over the top in the way that they dressed, the way that they acted, the way that they spoke, and you're thinking, yeah, but you know, that's kind of what a lot of these films did back in the 70s or even in the television shows just if you had these characters i mean if you watch like Starsky and hutch if you had huggy bear yeah i mean i'm sure a little bit of huggy bear was in black dynamite yeah (laughs) one of those pimps (laughs) exactly and that, there was
1: another line in, in that meeting that I like where, you know, all the – first off, the fact that, like, there's a council of pimps. Yes. That's hilarious unto itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then Black Dynamite walks in. He's like, I'm here to tell you that, you know, no more selling drugs in the community. But Black Dynamite, I sell
0: drugs in the community. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's well, all well and good, but if I catch it. <laughs> yeah, Black Dynamite doesn't have any problem with the pimps. Right. Prostitution, that's fine. Whatever. No more drugs. <laughs> He has to draw a line somewhere.
1: Yes. Or the the part where he's at the orphanage and he's like, I'm going to shake this out of you. And like, we've tried that already.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of really good moments, really good scenes. And yeah, like I said, for the most part, I really enjoyed the film. Well, I enjoyed the whole film. I think it could have been... You can pick at it. Yeah, you can pick at it. Yeah, if you want to pick at the strings, it's going to come apart kind of thing. But, uh, no, I I did enjoy it. I actually kind of liked the absurdity towards the end just because, like you were saying, you've been in it this long. Okay, hang on. (laughs) It's like you've gone up the roller coaster hill. Right. You think you've gone through it all. Oh, Uh, there's another hill. Exactly. And it's higher. (laughs) This one's higher. Uh, Exactly. And when you go down, spiral. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Even how
1: it ends, that last scene of, like, he's fought off Richard Nixon. He's talking to Pat Nixon what's-her-face comes running in like, where'd you come from? <laughs> because we need this last shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so you you had asked a, a little while ago, you know, looking for a modern-day spoof movie, something made in the last 10 years. This falls sure. under that. Mm-hmm. So now what do you think of, like, you know, a good spoof movie in the last 10 years?
0: Uh, I think it worked. I, I do think it works. But whether or not I think it can be, you know, Thirty years on, and still be viewed as, you know, a, 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 as fun. I I don't know because I think the the further out you get from the genre that it parodies, the more it's going to look anachronistic. The more it's going to be out of place. Because okay. um, I mean, even today, unless there's only a, a a real small group of people that really even know what the exploitation films were or are fans of it. And so this film already has a really, you know, finite or very pinpoint uh, audience. So 20 years from now, you know, <laughs> are those fans still going to be there? I mean, I, I'm not
1: someone that like is well-versed in that. And yet I found this movie hilarious, like, you know, cause the, I can look at it as, you know, All those mistakes, because you see those in other parody movies, like he stands up and there's the boom mic. Mm -hmm. To me, I'm sitting there going, that was on purpose. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that to me, this is the joke. When you look at it further and go, that's how the movies it's parodying. They did that because they had no choice. Makes it even funnier. But I think you can appreciate the joke on one level and then understand it on another
0: I suppose that what this film would do is, as it ages, and maybe Airplane's doing has done the same thing, is it becomes less actual parody and more just comedy. Yeah. yeah, It, does, it doesn't really so much matter that it's mimicking or, or parodying any one thing. It's just, okay, this is just funny. Right. It doesn't matter whether you know anything about it or not. As far as that goes, yeah, I think it could hold up and stand the test of time.
1: Okay. And so... Uh... Not not to compare it, but just you know, next to some other parody giants, like do you feel like it can stand next to those?
0: Obviously, I still think Airplane kind of yeah. tops the list. Right. I think that's to the bar of which everything else has to try to pass, and it certainly doesn't come close to to, to passing that bar. Um, I don't know if you kind of put it on a, a, a if you had like a, a scale of one to ten, and ten being Airplane, and one being any one of the number of scary movie scary five, movie five. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, yeah, exactly. Um, I definitely would put it in the in the in the top or uh, top half. Okay, um, well beyond half, I think it would just definitely be a seven or eight. Great. Yeah, honestly. I mean, that's how much I enjoyed it. I mean, it didn't take long when I started watching it that I was kind of sitting there chuckling. Good. (laughs) I was sitting there, I was just watching it on my phone, kind of like, it's getting close to bed. I was just watching it on my phone. I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) And it was all I could do not to wake up the house when he hits the boom mic. (laughs) (laughs) Which is early in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was was an actual laugh out loud for me. Great. (laughs) And did you have any other laugh out loud moments? Um, that one was really good. Um, trying to think if there was really others, that was the one that really stood out. Um, some of the lines, which, you know, sorry folks, they're completely inappropriate, but (laughs) some of the lines I thought were really good. And it was the, um, his girlfriend, she's, she's thinking she doesn't want to stay. She wants to, she wants to leave. And he tells her like, Hey, that's, you know, it's fine. Whatever you want. You can either, you can either go or you can come dig me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh that was smooth i like it <laughs> so there are a, a lot of a, a few lines that i just really thought were uh were pretty funny and then and then yeah the occasional the scenes and just some of the set pieces and everything that they had were it was just it was fun i mean it's just the fact that they they made it look like it was shot in someone's living room you know the, the pimp council it's just yeah. somebody's, it's just in someone's den yeah you know? <laughs>
1: I would love to see like a behind-the-scenes shot of that, or just like all the pimps are coming in now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we get can we get pimp number five on the set? Please? All right.
1: where's Arsenio? <laughs> We're ready for you. For me, I think that the the part that really made me laugh out loud is when they're just like walking through the neighborhood they've they've cleaned up the streets and the kids oh. are playing and they see the two girls doing oh
0: right the double yes. dutch
1: and and then they're like oh black dynamite my mommy said that was my daddy's name mine too
0: oh come uh, on girl hush up little girl a lot of cats got that name <laughs> <laughs> it is a film i think worth watching absolutely if you haven't already seen it cuz like me i just kind of let it go right by and Maybe that's one of the things that I don't remember it really having like the big, the big effect on the box office kind of thing.
1: No, it uh, had a really small release. Um, it just wasn't distributed that much. Um, I don't even think it broke like a thousand theaters. No, um, see, I could I, be wrong on that, but no, it was a small release.
0: And I think that's uh, I think that's a shame because yeah. there's a lot of people that would enjoy it that haven't seen it, maybe not even heard of it. Right it had only been on the peripheral for me. I'd heard of it, never saw it, never even thought, never even occurred to me to watch it, you know, until this discussion came up. And I'm, I'm glad I did. You know, I I really enjoyed it. And I'd recommend it to, the, I, I would recommend it to others.
1: Great. Yeah. I had never heard of it until a friend of mine said, sit down, we're watching this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really happy he did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So hopefully this will encourage others to go, you know, kind of seek it out and try to find it and, uh, and watch it. Cause i I'm, I'm I really think you're going to like it, and it is it is an enjoyable film. That's it. That's it. Yeah, this one was a little maybe a little easier than Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little bad. I, I, airplane was you know talking about airplanes a little easier because I've seen it so many times and right. it's in my head a little bit more. I've watched this just the one time, and so I'm sitting here thinking, wait, there, what, was there something funnier than <laughs> I, <it> was <laughs> I need to watch it again? And it is actually probably a film that I'm going to watch again, and like because I know there's going to be things that I'm going to pick up. That yeah, I probably missed the light the first time through. Well, that may be one of our shorter episodes in a while. But I thank you very much for listening. Any feedback? Timeshifters Podcast at Gmail dot com. Tweet us movies at the mat and at Timeshifters Pod and join the Facebook group. Uh, Next time, it'll probably just be myself, and I think I'm going to do another Get to Know a Podcast episode. Not exactly sure who I'm going to have on the line or which podcast we're going to talk to, but that's going to be fun. And then because I think uh, Matt is going to be out of town or unavailable, so he's on a well-deserved vacation. (laughs) And then uh, we'll be back soon after that together in the studio. So until then, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, all.